Welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a broad range of rock and metal topics and anything in between. I am your host, Don Sutherland. With me, as always, is my brother, self-proclaimed metalhead, Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? Hello. Andrew, what are we talking about? Today, we're going to talk about Dave Mustaine. And before he created the band Megadeth, he was the original lead guitarist for Metallica. And uh, yeah, I'd like to just discuss how he got to be in Metallica and what happened and his involvement in the history of Metallica. All right, let's get into it. Are we cracking beers? I don't Cheers. Oh, shit. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I was sitting there with it at my microphone waiting for it. All right, here we go. Okay, so Dave Mustaine, Metallica. Yeah, so so Dave Mustaine was actually Metallica's original lead guitarist, which honestly, when I first started listening to Megadeth back in my early teens, I actually had no idea until later on. He was Metallica's original lead guitarist and was responsible for writing some of the material on their first full-length album, Kill 'Em All, and also a couple of guitar parts on their second album, Ride the Lightning. So on oh, he wrote, he wrote songs on, on Ride the Lightning, huh? Uh, just some guitar parts, not entire songs. Oh, so they just ripped him off. Okay. okay. Yeah, I think he got credit on a couple of them. So on uh, Kill 'Em All, he was okay. involved or wrote uh, Jump in the Fire, Metal Militia, Phantom Lord, and The Four Horsemen. Right. And on yeah. Ride the Lightning, he wrote some guitar parts from Ride the Lightning, the title song, and right. Call of Cthulhu. Oh, okay. Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Right. So yeah. apparently some of the riffs that he used in those two songs or, or he wrote from those two songs are used later on in some Megadeth songs. Um, but we can get into that later. I think Meg- Megadeth will be a whole another subject for another day. This will be basically the, his involvement yeah. in Metallica. A lot going on. I have, I actually have one piece of trivia to contribute when you get to the four horsemen. I actually, I know something today. Oh, I, we'll, we'll see if you get to it before I do. <laughs> I'll say I, if you don't if you don't say it I'll I'll talk about it. It's something I saw in an interview. Okay, well we'll we'll probably get to that like later on when we get to the, the uh, workout playlist. So I, I read Mustaine's book. It's actually really good. It's just called Mustaine, like a autobiography essentially. And yep. uh, in his book, he recalled how he responded to an ad that Lars had put up for a guitarist. And uh, what got his attention was that the ad mentioned couple of bands that he was into but also a band called budgie who was a, a welsh band new wave of british heavy metal band and uh that caught dave's attention because it was kind of obscure like not a lot of people were into it at the time that that he knew and um okay. yeah so when he called when he called lars responding to the ad that was the other thing that lars also uh, caught his attention was that dave was like yeah i like i love budgie and then they both was, was this the only time that they they got along because uh that is another thing i know that lars ulrich is uh kind of a weenie <laughs> yeah well, i think, was, was well, I that, think that accurate i think early on they got along fairly well things i mean mm-hmm. things went sour you know pretty quickly within probably the span of a, a year or two but uh, as far as budgie goes there's a couple songs that metallica ended up covering later on uh crash course and brain surgery was uh off their garage days re-revisited EP they did back in the I guess it'd be the mid eighties. Good song, 80s. bad idea. I got gotcha. you. And uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, another song by Budgie that they covered called Bread Fan, which was on Garage Inc. So a couple of songs that 
people. Oh, they like read it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, they cover them, and like those are you know people who don't know who Budgie is, but know Metallica would have heard those songs. And uh, to be yeah. honest, like the, the originals are actually pretty solid. Budgie yeah, because Garage Inc was a pretty big, pretty big album. That was like Whiskey in the Jar, and that came from that. Yeah, that's probably one of the big singles that came out of that album that everybody would would have heard. I said that like I knew more about that album. That's the only song I can I can probably name off of it. But yeah, big album, right? Yeah, it was for them, I guess, back in the the late nineties. In an interview with Loudwire that I was watching on YouTube, there, Dave was talking about how he became the lead guitarist for Metallica without even really an audition. So, at the time, Lars had secured a spot on Brian Slagle's uh, first Metal Massacre compilation. Brian Slagle was the guy who started Metal Blade Records back in the early '80s. So this was kind of when he first was starting this uh, this record label. And so Metal Massacre compilations were chances for these unsigned bands to to get noticed get their songs on something that somebody would hear and uh lars had gotten a spot on this first one but he didn't have a band name yet and they hadn't even played live as far as i've uh, gathered here so that was kind of why he was looking for artists or for for um musicians to like get this band together to make this track for this compilation yeah, they're like they're kind of untested at that point yeah like at the time the only thing that he played for dave when Dave came for uh, to, to talk to him, you know, and, and decide what they're going to do, was they had a, a rough original uh, "Hit the Lights" demo, which "Hit the Lights" is the first song off "Kill 'Em All," which okay. featured a guy named Lloyd Grant on lead guitar. I think that was pretty much all he ever really played on. I don't think he even played live with Metallica, but apparently uh, Lars played that for Dave, and he thought it was pretty rough and could use some solos. <laughs> so more solos. Right? That was like the that was like the gospel continues, the to, 80s be, metal continues to be megadeth's entire mantra probably yeah man that one thing i loved about 80s records like you go like you open the booklets on 80s cds or records whatever and you look at the song lyrics and like after every verse it'll be like solo <laughs> and they'll say like especially like on the old slayer albums it'll be like solo uh jeff uh, jeff hanneman or whatever and solo carrie king or whatever band it was right like yeah. I, used to, I just love that they don't do that anymore man i it was like good old days I was I was looking up some of them made me really mad because I was I was reading about worst guitar solos out there like just in any kind of song because there's a song by Blue Rodeo called mm. Five Days in May. That was exactly yeah. what I was gonna I was gonna mention yeah. that. That I'm is the so, worst guitar solo I've ever heard. God, awful and and like I'm the I'm the host I'm a host on Q107 here in Calgary, the, the classic rock station. I play it all the time and. I probably won't get fired for saying like I hate that song just because of the solo. No, no, like, like, it's it's a good I, song, but the solo just like just comes that, out of yeah. nowhere and it's terrible. So, so I was looking, I was looking that up, and I was like, this has got to be noticed by everybody, right? And then yeah. on a list of like worst guitar solos, they listed a couple ones, and it was Five Days in May by Blue Rodeo, and then and then they listed anything by Kirk Hammett. It just sounds, it just sounds like it comes out of nowhere, like. Well, now this list has lost all its credibility. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, yeah, Kirk Hammett's souls are amazing. From, like, yeah, they're just saying, like, it doesn't need to be at every song. It's like the backbone. Yeah, it, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in, fact, it needs, in, in fact, it needs two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe three. <laughs> three. Yeah, like a song like Fade to Black, There's it kind of sandwiches the whole song and then it's in the middle, so... Yeah, man, that's that's the perfect recipe for an '80s thrash metal song, man. Like, exactly. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's one thing I was going to mention is is the solos on a lot of these old Metallica songs. Like, 
Kirk Hammett, you know, Dave Mustaine's an amazing guitarist and his stuff with Megadeth later on was phenomenal. Like he really showed his prowess, right? But Kirk Hammett was like the best guy that could have picked for to to take his spot there, right? Like mm-hmm. but they're both phenomenal guitarists in my in my from my point of view. So uh Mustaine maintains that he was pretty much the the face of the band in the early days, the kind of the the front because most of the other guys were like still a little bit reserved and like James wasn't really much of a showman at the time yet, even though he was. Yeah, they, the, they were pretty was, young, weren't they? Wasn't he like nineteen? Super or young. They, uh, yeah, yeah, they were all like in their late teens. They were they were super That's young. Same. And I think Lars might have even been like a year younger. He was really. I think when they first met, he was like, like seventeen or something like that. Crazy. But uh, I mean, it's not just Mustaine like talking out of his ass about this. Like, there's actually an account from Dave Lombardo of Slayer who they used to play in the same scene with Metallica back in the early days. And he corroborates this. He said Mustaine was essentially the front man of the band at the time. And he was the one who would talk to the crowd. And he even sang some of the songs in their oh. live shows. So, so it was before, before James Hadfield had established himself, kind of. Yeah, like he was technically the lead singer mm-hmm. at the time, I guess. I mean, if you read the Mustaine biography, and I mean, it's from his point of view. So not everything's going to be, you're going to maybe have some differing uh, recollections from other people. Bias. But yeah. He kind of describes how James sort of got into that role, and uh, I think he even didn't originally play guitar. He might have been—I can't remember if it was a bassist or not—but there is a bit of history there. But yeah, originally James was pretty reserved, and he wasn't really outgoing. Like like Dave was—he he kind of been around the block, sort of thing, right? And he had a bit more like personality and a little bit more, a bit more of a showman, a bit more of a front man there. Kind of like uh, Angus Young sort of situation how he's like he's the lead guitarist but he's he's in the front of the stage along with the singers sometimes more so yeah yeah pretty much so he's like the focal point of the the live show right yeah unless i'm making some sort of horrible generalization about acdc and someone's really mad at me now that's how i see it acdc so no i mean like when i picture all through like this 80s and 90s and like their heyday it's like angus young in his schoolboy outfit running like doing like circles with his playing his guitar spinning around yeah, exactly. on the stage right like that's Wait, like, jump, how, around, jumping on uh on highway to hell he's on the he's he's the front of the cover he's in front of everyone else so yeah that's true yeah that corroborates it right there yeah i will yeah, accept we'll... no other point of view <laughs> all right well we'll get into acdc another time but uh <laughs> so metallica they released an ermo early demo cassette uh, with Mustaine on guitar, it was called No Life Tell Leather. It's super rare now, like to find an original copy of this. I'd love to have them, but you know, good luck finding one. Uh, the track list on this this uh, demo cassette was Hit the Lights, a song called The Mechanics, which ended up being uh, The Four Horsemen later on, uh, Motor Breath, Seek and Destroy, Metal Militia, Jump in the Fire, and Phantom Lord. So, most people, Metallic fans, would recognize pretty much all those songs from Kill 'em All. Except for the mechanics, which, like I said, was ended up being the Four Horsemen. So I, I, after this, like you know, the band was starting to get a following. Whatever they had, this demo out that was getting, uh, you know, some good feedback and stuff. So the, the band was looked like they were going places. But it's been said by both sides, Mustaine and the guys from Metallica, that uh, Dave's drinking was causing a lot of problems with the band. Not like the drinking itself, because they all drank a lot. But it seems like he was would get like really confrontational and really aggressive when he was drinking and they were getting into like lots of fights and stuff. And a couple of the stories that I've heard about that 
Dave has actually talked about like in interviews. Uh, one of them was a story about this dog that Dave had. And I believe he had the dogs some, for some reason. I think he got the dogs to, to protect his stash because he was like selling weed out of his apartment. So he like somebody like robbed him of his weed, I guess. So he got these dogs to like help guard his weed in his apartment. Yes, of course. Not like an alarm system or anything. But yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the early 80s, man. Come on. So, uh, <laughs> plus these guys had like no money, right? Like they were still just up and coming. They didn't release an album yet. Yeah, I guess you got to pay for an alarm system. You could just like steal a dog. <laughs> um, so, I guess, yeah, in this interview, he was talking about this, this dog that he had and he brought it to, I think there was, I can't remember whose house it was, but he brought it to one of their rehearsals or whatever. They're hanging out. And the dog got up on Ron McGovney's car. Ron was like the original bassist for Metallica before Cliff. And I guess it like scratched the car or something like that. And James kicked the dog off the car. And I guess him and Mustaine got into it. And it ended up with uh, Mustaine punching James in the face. So I, I think around this time he got fired for the first time, I think. And I think it happened a couple of times, but he ended up getting back into the band. Whatever. This is just one of the confrontations that they had. Yeah, like and, an uh, abusive I, relationship. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember reading about this like 25 years ago. I was reading about it on the internet when I first started like browsing stuff and when the internet was kind of just in its infancy. And uh, it sounded like one of those stories that was just kind of made up or someone playing telephone. But it was like kind of too insane, yeah. But, it, but like actually hearing it talked about in an interview with Mustaine and he said it almost exactly the way I heard it back like 25 years ago. It was pretty cool to, to hear it verified. So after... A lot of this stuff probably for a year or so whatever they were um after the, the band was starting to get more recognition they're working towards their first album they uh they took a road trip across to new york right before they recorded kill them all they're going to new york to record it one morning they uh woke up dave and told him he was out of the band according to dave there was no warning wasn't given a second chance he asked when his flight was and then uh lars according to lars he was told he was being put in a greyhound bus for a four-day trip back to cali so that was that was it. Pretty unceremonious <laughs> dumping of Mustaine from the band. Although not not the worst band hi- firing I've ever heard of. Is that, you ever hear about the how Slipknot fired Joey Joey Jordison? No, but I want to hear it right now. They uh, they fired him with a singing telegram. Oh, that's amazing. Such a singing telegram to Joey Jordison's house fired him that way. That's how Slipknot fired him. What a kick in the nuts, eh? For like 15 years, he was their drummer. Do you think he he opened the door with his mask on? I imagine all those guys just constantly wear their masks everywhere. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of of stuff with Megadeth that we'll cover later, but, I mean, the the gist of this is that Mustaine really had a lot of influence in the early days of Metallica and, and they're creating their sound going into those first couple albums and then uh, him being kicked out ended up being like a blessing in disguise for metal fans because he ended up forming Megadeth. Yeah, you get two, two bands out of it. Amazing mm-hmm. band, yeah. It's like two of my favorite bands right there. So. Yeah, uh, absolutely. More currently here. Although like Dave has played live with Metallica in some more recent years and seems they've kind of made peace with some of the underlying issues that they had, some of the, the history. Uh, there is still some animosity between uh, especially Dave and Lars and a lot of it's over credit for songs that Dave claims he wrote or uh, he wrote with James and Lars is trying to get credit for them so there's still stuff going on even to this day with some of that a lot of to do with song credit the last thing I'll mention before we get into our workout playlist here the No Life Till Leather demo features Mustaine on lead guitar for many of the songs that ended up on Kill 'Em All and it was uh, originally released on, released on cassette 
they talked about re-releasing it, that original demo, but uh, that's part of the dispute between Lars, Metallic, I guess, and Mustaine about the credits, so they haven't released it. That'd be kind of cool if they ever get around to getting that they out there. They could, but they won't. Yeah, it, it may never get released. That's something that we might have to look forward to. And whatever, 150 years or whatever it is when the, the rights expire and it can just be open source, then you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Way too far in the future for any of us to care. Exactly, when it just doesn't matter anymore. So uh, <laughs> I guess we'll get on to the uh, workout playlist. Yeah, let's get into the workout playlist section here. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the chopper! Let's put a smile on that face. So I, I tried to keep this in in, uh, in the theme of what we were talking about today. So the, the first song in the workout playlist will be Jump in the Fire off of uh, Kill em All. So this song was originally written by Dave Mustaine for his former band Panic before Metallica. And the original lyrics, oddly enough, were actually sex-themed, which I had no idea about until I started looking into this more. Like really overtly? Not like a couple so, of... Uh, I'll read a couple but... in a second here. <laughs> but, uh, oh, perfect. Okay. <laughs> the version that was eventually released on Kill 'Em All, the lyrics were rewritten by James Hetfield, and they were about like damnation and hell. Uh, I mean, <laughs> musically, musically, the song had... There. <laughs> I, th- I think, from what I gathered, like none of those guys were really that worldly when it came to like sex and stuff like that at the time. Like this is back when they were like really young, right? And, and Dave was kind of a little more experienced in those areas, you know. So uh, that's why a lot of his lyrics were kind of geared that way. Well, good for Dave. But I mean, it's the song itself. It's a memorable riff, like you know, sticks in your head. A couple of great solos in that, and uh, the, the single itself had uh, a pretty cool cover with this like big muscular demon kind of with like a fiery background, which I always thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a couple of sample lyrics from the original version, Jump in the Fire, which Dude. people have no idea this came from the song. He's like, there's a job to be done and I'm the one. You people chose to do it. Now I tighten up my belt and I see you are felt. It's time to get your way. <laughs> oh. one, of, one of the other verses, move, move my hips in a circular way. Oh, <laughs> just, God. For, just forward a bit, pull your body oh. into my waist and feel how good it fits. <laughs> Oh God! Oh man, there's more, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read anymore. But like that, that's those are the, the original lyrics to "Jump in the Fire." Oh, thank God for James Hetfield. Good Lord, <laughs> yeah. that's awful. Like if you uh, apparently those are lyrics on the uh, the version from "No Life to Leather," the uh, the cassette oh, no. they were jumping up. Yeah. Oh, now I want to hear this. Like I kind of don't. It's pretty. Awful. It's pretty funny though. It just like like nineteen year old Dave Mustaine going, yeah, this sounds fucking sweet. <laughs> oh man, I, it's it's awesome. I like, I had no idea, and like oh, I, I knew God. I knew um, Megadeth re released that song under Mechanics, so I, I knew that song was like sexual innuendo and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that that jump with the fire one caught me by surprise. That's so funny. <laughs> So the next song 
on the uh, workout playlist is Metal Militia. So this is the last song, Kill Em All. Mustaine wrote the main riff to this song. Amazing song to finish an album with for me, like high energy, great riff. And uh, you can definitely hear the Mustaine guitar style in the in the riff for this one, even though technically he didn't play it on Kill Em All. It was uh, Kirk Hammett would have played that one, but it was but his But he riff. wrote it. Yeah. yeah. Next one will be Four Horsemen. So that's another song off Kill 'Em All. That, that's the one uh, I have the fun fact about. Perfect. All right. Okay, well, you can fill that in right after I'm, I'm done here. Uh, Mustaine wrote the music for that one. The song was originally called The Mechanics. And then the version that they put on the first album that Megadeth put out, they called it just Mechanics, but with an X at the end. So this is another song that Mustaine wrote that was all sex-themed. Somewhere someone said that it was like about sex in a in a garage. I was like, no, it's like it's not. They're just using <laughs> it's like it was like tongue in cheek metaphor for using like mechanical lingo for like sex, right? Like it, but it's, not, not as bad as jump in the fire where he gets just weirdly specific. Yeah, I, I don't know if you read the lyrics from <laughs> mechanics. It's pretty. <laughs> it's also, it's also know, specific. That's true. It's, it's all it's all like metaphorical. So it's a, it's a little bit more fun. You know what they I mean? Just, like it's, they just needed someone to say, "Dave, you're a little too horny right now, man. We need yeah, to write like, music." Yeah, exactly. I think I think you got something you need to take care of before you start writing songs. <laughs> just take a yeah. cold shower and then come back to the studio. Bro. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll finish this later. <laughs> <laughs> so when when they released it on Kill 'Em All, Hetfield rewrote the lyrics again. So Four Horsemen, Horsemen of the Apocalypse, kind of thing. Uh, yeah. the, the if you listen to the both songs, the intro is different. Um, and the Metallica version, they also added a bridge to the original song, and it made the song like almost three minutes longer than the original version. So we go from like it's a four, I think it was like a four-minute song to about a seven-minute song with the Metallica version. So they did, right. definitely did change it up a lot. I guess like the the, the core guitar riff was uh, Dave's song that he wrote for uh, mm-hmm. Mechanics, and the uh, the last song in the workout playlist is wait my fun fact. Oh, or do yeah. I, you want me to do it after? No, no, you go ahead. Okay, the fun fact was uh, it was from a Dave Mustaine interview that I read, or that I watched. Uh, he was talking about when he came in and and was playing the playing the song, or they were they were writing the song, and he was warming up, and he played the opening riff to uh, "Sweet Home Alabama," mm-hmm. and Lars and Lars had I guess never heard "Sweet Home Alabama," and yeah. Dave was playing that, and Lars. It, it, this is an impression of Dave's impression of Lars Ulrich. Wow, Dave, that's sweet, man. What is that? And, <laughs> and Dave pretended it was his own riff. <laughs> so there's a there's a part in the middle of the song where they they kind of like break it down a little bit, and the first yeah. couple notes are just the first couple notes from Sweet Home Alabama that Dave pretended was his own thing. Oh, that's awesome. So mess with Lars, and it that's made it into sure. the final cut. <laughs>
So the last song in the workout playlist is Mechanics, so like the Megadeth version of Four Horsemen, uh, because Dave released it on the Megadeth album uh, Killing Is My Business. So that song is basically the same riff. The intro is a little different, but they it's it's quite a bit sped up. It's a lot faster, and then it's got a, a wicked fast like blistering solo. Like I mean, really a lot of Dave's Megadeth early stuff. Dave was just showing off his his skill just to show what kind of guitarist he was and pretty fun to listen to hey, um, but that, that, one's, that one's got the original uh the sex theme lyrics which i will uh read a couple of because <laughs> oh perfect the, uh, that, uh, that was gonna be my next question can you please read them to me so oh, oh yeah so <laughs> let's see I'll just, I'll just pick a couple of a uh, couple of lines so made my drive shaft crank made my pistons bulge made my ball bearing melt from the heat <laughs> Oh yeah, that's not subtle. Here's one that'll make you probably feel kind of gross. Uh, uh, like I, yeah, I don't already. Said you want to get your order filled. Made me shiver when I put it in. Pumping just oh, won't do. The- you know, luckily for you. <laughs> hey man, there's no swears. Yeah. If you don't oh, understand oh. what he's talking about, it's all clean. Do you have any news? Is there? Uh, a couple probably of, not. Nothing's happening this year. But a couple of really brief things. Like there was a tour scheduled. Metallica had a tour scheduled that they canceled late last year, uh, which will have to be rescheduled, I suppose. Uh, you know, with COVID and everything, been a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Megadeth tour in uh, summer 2021. So nice. You know how things go. That may happen. Those are two bands that seem like they're always touring. They're like the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Yeah. Except. I don't know, about 30 years younger. Slightly less old. And probably done less drugs, surprisingly. Yeah, don't require like full body blood transfusions every year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mick Jagger probably just, just getting like the, the Russian Olympic athlete treatment. They get the blood from him when he's on top of the mountain and then inject the oxygen into him. Wherever oh, it goes. <laughs> Oddly specific. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like uh, <laughs> Mustang released a Megadeth-themed beer. He's got a pod, podcast going. He also yeah. put out a book that uh, covers the making of Rust in Peace, one of their, uh, in my opinion, oh, best sorry. albums. Uh, I guess yeah. best album. Absolutely. Uh, I guess for Metallica, their most recent news that I saw was uh, they appeared on a late show with Stephen Colbert right after the Super Bowl, so just a couple days ago. Oh. Uh, but, but yeah, they had At to the postpone time of their recording, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it was fairly recent. Uh, they had to postpone their South American tour late last year. And they were set to release six of their uh, older albums on colored vinyl uh, through Walmart in the U.S., which doesn't really help us because we're in Canada, but there it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So we can look at it on the internet and not get it 
cool. Yeah. Okay, well, that is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. Please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please tell a friend. Leave a star rating. Our show is edited by Ian Sutherland with Andrew doing all the research and me just kind of sitting here. Rob, our other brother, designed our logo and our theme song is Stallions of the Highway by Savage Blade. Thank you for listening. Catch you again in two weeks. Later.